everybody. Welcome back to When Doves Podcast, the inclusive, uber-informative, maybe a little too obsessive podcast maybe. about the discography of our beloved Prince Rogers Nelson. Sure. I'm your host, Jared. And I'm your host, Ed. We're so glad to have you back here. It's the first day of spring as we're recording this. Yes, it is. Welcome to spring. Ed, how's your spring going? Spring's going great. <laughs> He's a man of few words, ladies and gentlemen. But when he can I tell you what I'm just excited to talk about this album. So yeah. I'm sorry I didn't want to. Small talk was like yeah, yeah, yeah. I understand. Today's an exciting, exciting one. Yeah. Today's an exciting one today. Yeah. Uh, we hope that you've been enjoying the podcast so far. Uh, this is going to be our third episode uh, when you're when you're listening. And today we are talking about Prince's third album, Dirty Mind. Oh, it's exciting stuff. Now. It's exciting stuff. Mm-hmm. And this one uh, was kind of a game changer, was it not, Ed? My God, yes. Big time. Big time game changer. Um, I mean, it's, you know, we'll talk about this as we go through the songs. Of course, we do our sort of our observation of the album in general at the end. But what a difference, right? Between the first two albums that we listened to. It's ridiculous. It's It's a little ridiculous. I don't know how you would think this was the same artist that you heard do the Prince album, especially for you. Yeah. So different. So different. Um, So, yeah, game changer. And and though you have fun facts, I don't want to jump on your facts. Right. Um, I know generally around this album, you know, this is a legendary album. I have to say, admittedly, I don't listen to this album that much. Interesting. I really don't because yeah. I, I think I fell so in love with his 80s sound. Sure. I would not call this album, it doesn't have that sonic soundscape of his other material as we go in further down the, the years in the 80s. Right. However, man, was it cool to listen to this album again and really listen to it really intently. Yeah. And really try to observe it. Oh, it was fascinating and fun to do. I found I found a, a similar reaction for me is that, I, and I had never listened to Journey Mind in its entirety. Mm-hmm. So it was a lot of it was really new for me. And um, yeah. after I had done the research um, and then listening to the record, it was kind of like, oh, wow. It, it's sort of fascinating. Yeah. Just sort of fascinating all the way around. Yeah. So this is going to be a, a fun discussion today. I'll be really curious to hear both of our takes on things. Yep. Um, so I'm more just concerned about my takes, but fine. Well, that sounds right. Are you enjoying your tea? He's drinking tea right now that I boiled the hot water yeah, for. I'm a I'm a sickly guy. Yeah, he's he's Allergies, not well. There's things like that. He's that not well. Now. This is a last request kind of podcast situation. He's not going to make it. <laughs> We're so. trying to get as many in before I before he goes. Do him anymore. It's yeah. It's not going to be. It's not going to be pretty. But here we are. We're in our little home studio. We have our Prince devotional candle burning. Yep. Uh, as is our practice here at Windows Podcast. We, t- we talked, I think we made, did a name drop of our shirts that we wore last time. And you, I think, are wearing, again, the First Avenue shirt. I'm wearing I my First Avenue shirt. switched it up a little bit. Tell me. I have Electric Fetus from Minneapolis. And t- talk to people about Electric Fetus if they don't know. So Electric Fetus um, is a, pr- a pretty, like, legendary, I'd say, r- record store. Yeah, for um, sure. That Prince did frequent in uh, in Minneapolis. I had a, the pleasure of visiting it when I went to Minneapolis a couple of years ago. It, and I tried, I have to be honest, it, you know, vinyl became a little bit now hip again to get vinyl. It and sure I, is. I resisted. Yeah. I did resist. But I walked into that store and I'm like, I got to get... I got to get an album, which means now I got to get a record player, which now means now I'm getting vinyl. That's so, right. And I love it. I mean, that could be its own thing, but um, yeah. I'm, I'm, I'm glad it did. But it's a great, great record store. That right across the street um, from where the record store is, there's a gorgeous mural of prints uh, right there. Uh, very cool. Yeah, very, very cool. Very cool. I have not been to Electric Fetus, uh, but I look forward to 
going there, and I've been to Minneapolis only once, and we'll, you know, we can talk about that, too, later on, but um, it is a cool town, and it's... Yeah, let's do a Paisley Park studio talk. Oh, yeah, we'll do that. Yeah, we'll, yeah. Have, we'll have a whole Paisley yeah. Park studio yeah. episode, I would think. I think we should. I think we should. It may be not on location if we get the estate to help oh, us. Oh, yeah. Well, that'll happen. Folks out there listening, if you want to petition <laughs> Prince's estate... <laughs> hashtag, I don't know what's that right I don't know what it is. Hashtag, let them record at Paisley Park, Paisley Park. <laughs> something. Uh, we want to record at Paisley Park Studio, uh, so maybe you can all help us make that dream a reality. Yeah. We the can dream with the estate. Listen, we can interview some tour guides. Yeah. We can promote the tours. We, we'd be happy to do that. Stay, do one of those late night dance things you guys do. Totally. Great programming at that studio. Yeah, it is. It's Love pretty it. amazing. It's pretty yeah. amazing. Love that, it. That'll be a fun episode to talk about when we get there. Yeah. Um, great. Well, today, however... We're talking about Dirty Mind. And so, uh, as usual, uh, here at When Doves Podcast, we're going to start with um, some facts, some interesting little factoids and Pass reviews. on those numbers and facts, Jared. That's what I'm going to do. So, Dirty Mind was released on October the 8th of 1980 on Warner Brothers Records. And, it, and we're going to have to talk at some point about his relationship with Warner oh, Brothers. Oh, yeah, that'll come up, yeah. That'll come up. We won't, we won't worry about it just yet, but that's going to be a big thing coming on. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, October 8th, 1980. The record is only a half hour... Real short. 30 minutes, 14 seconds. It's real tight. Three singles were released from Dirty Mind. Do you know what they were, Edward? Oh, I, I don't. Look, can I guess? You can guess. Uh, Uptown was one? Uptown was the first one. Oh, okay. That was just a guess. Yeah, Uptown. Sep- September 10th, 1980, Uptown. Oh, so predates the release of the album. Yeah. So it was a pre-release before the album. Okay. Um, man, that's a tough one. Uptown... Did he release When You Were Mine? He did not. Interesting. Which I'm going to talk about. Yeah. Um, well, I know a couple he wouldn't have released without any thought that there'd be airplay. Right. <laughs> um, Do It All Night? Do It All Night. Okay. And... Was the third single. That came out single. March 6th, 1981. He didn't release Party Up, did he? No, he released Dirty Mind. Oh, okay. Uh, primarily as a dance track, as okay. you would think. So that came out November 26th, 1980. Okay. Um... The album peaked at number 45 on the Billboard 200, which is a huge leap up from the previous two records. Mm. That's quite a jump. Um, Uptown, the single, peaked at five on the R&B and dance charts. Oh, okay. I didn't realize it did that well. It w- did that well. It was This is interesting. It wasn't certified gold until 1984. It took it four years to get to gold. I'm not surprised. That's an interesting thing. Because um, if, if you're a, if you're a fan like I was a fan, you got Purple Rain, then you went back and bought everything right. he, he recorded right. prior. Yeah, that's, that's true. Yeah. It's just it's interesting to me considering the what we're going to talk about in a second, the enormous critical response to this record oh, yeah. that there wasn't more sales at the time. Uh, it didn't enter the UK charts at all until after he died, mm. which also surprised me a little bit. Mm-hmm. Um, the top price that I saw for a vinyl edition of this on Discogs was about $68. Now, I'm, there may be others out mm. there that I just didn't see. There yep. was a ton. Um, lots of editions, and, and so I may have missed some that were worth more. Um, this also marked, uh, just sort of a little curious thing, the first time he appeared on SNL was after, for Dirty Mind. Did you see, happen to see that performance? I did not see the performance. So... He maybe I know I've seen one performance. Maybe he did two songs that night. I know he did "Party Up." Party Up. Yeah. Uh, so maybe that was the song he did. That and was the song. He is. If you guys have a chance to to search this out on the internets, give it a look. He is the energy. Well, we'll talk about this. Cause I feel like it also is is um, reflective of the album. There's such yeah. an urgency and energy about the album, and that performance is is no exception. 
I think the famous thing is they they get done with that song, they just run off stage. They literally just amazing. They just run off the stage. That's great. What we'll do too, folks, is that we'll try to find a link for it. We'll post it on our social media, yeah, and then you can course. you can look it up and watch it. Yeah. So yeah, he appeared on Saturday Night Live on February twenty first, nineteen eighty one. That was when he performed on that. Okay. Um, here's some critical response to Journey Mind. Robert Criscow, who our we buddy. we our friend Robert Criscow, he said. That um, well, first of all, he likened Prince to John Lennon, Bob Dylan, and Jimi Hendrix after this record, calling him a commercially viable yet visionary artist. Wow! And then he said this. This quote is kind of amazing. Quote: Brashen, Brashly, lubricious, like as if the word is lubrication, but lubricious. Which is not a word I knew. I named my first kid Lubricius. And I was... I'm a, I'm a Shakespeare guy. Well, that's it. <laughs> He's one of the princes in uh, Time of Athens. <laughs> is that what it is? That's okay. what it is. Brashly Lubricius, where the typical love man plays the lead in He's So Shy, he specializes here in full-fledged fuck book fantasies. Interesting. The kid sleeps with his sister and digs it, sleeps with his girlfriend's boyfriend and doesn't, stops a wedding by Gemma Uching? Gemma Uching. The bride on her way to church. And then this is the next, this quote is the next, this is killer. Mick Jagger should fold up his penis and go home. Wow. That's something right there. Uh, amazing. So yeah. a guy named Michelangelo Matos, and if I'm pronouncing that correctly, from the AV club. And I, from what I heard about Mick Jagger, that's check, that's check luggage for him. Like that's not, that's not a carry on. That's not you a carry on. You got to fold that up yeah, and go yeah, home. Yeah. I mean, according to Keith. That's what Keith said. That's what Keith said. If you can't trust Keith, who can you trust? You trust Keith. No one. <laughs> oh my God. But anyway, a guy named Michelangelo Matos from the AV club later said that the last sentence of Chris Gow's about Mick Jagger, quote, remains the single best sentence ever written on Prince. <laughs> Hard to beat that. That's pretty amazing. Uh, the Rolling Stone album guide, hmm. which we're going to refer to a lot as we know. Five stars. Hmm. The first five-star review they give for Prince, calling yep. it, quote, one of the most radical 180-degree turns in pop history. Yeah. And that, quote, his forthrightness marked him as a rock hero in the vein of Johnny Rotten or John Lennon. Man, interesting names are dropping. Interesting names are dropping. All over the place. We're also going to refer here to uh, the Star Tribune. As you know, we go through the Star Tribune, Prince's hometown paper. Minneapolis. Star Tribune said, quote, A breakthrough in boldness. This album not only explores a wide variety of styles, from new wave rock to unrelenting dance jams in a raw, rudimentary sound, but the content is rivetingly rebelsian, discussing incest, oral sex, and threesomes, and they gave it... Four stars. Mm. Now, a couple other things I want to mention here. I'm going to slightly go off topic, and I'm going to come back. Sure. So, back in the day, Rolling Stone magazine used to be a big deal. At least in my mind it was. It seemed like it had more cultural cachet than it does now. Yeah. And I have a very, very vivid memory uh, of the... In late 1989, Rolling Stone published an issue called The 100 Best Albums of the 80s. Mm. It was the first time they had ever done a list like that. They they didn't do lists like that prior gotcha. to this record. Yeah. And I remember being in high school, a freshman in high school, and seeing like the cool kids on my soccer team, the older guys, like reading that mm-hmm, and mm-hmm. debating it and all that sort of stuff. Mm-hmm. So um, I've ordered a copy of it. I found a copy on eBay that I'm going to, because oh, you can't cool. find it anywhere. Yeah, uh, yeah. But anyway, the reason I bring that up is that Rolling Stone named Dirty Mind 18. Mm. On the 100 Greatest Albums of the 80s. Mm. 
a couple other it's on a lot of lists actually pitchfork ranked dirty mind 87 on its 2002 list of the top 100 albums of the 80s slant magazine ranked it at 30 uh, excuse me 53 mm-hmm. of the best albums of the 80s mm-hmm. uh the nme new musical express out of the uk in 2013 they ranked it 393 in its list of the 500 greatest albums of all time mm. and on the rolling stone list of the the original Rolling Stone list of the 500 greatest albums of all time, and it's shifted. They've they've redone it a couple of times since then. Yeah, but in the original list, it was ranked 326. Mm. So mm. by any measure, yeah, this is a highly regarded. It really is record. Yeah, highly regarded record. Yeah. Um. So, but that's what are exciting. They, but what do they know? Well, nothing. They're now now except, we're gonna, except that I agree with them on this one. Well, <laughs> and now we're gonna have the definitive <laughs> review, the definitive right? take on this on this album, which is exciting. Um, so, uh, as we do here, we're going to just go track by track. Yep. We're going to share our thoughts. Uh, Ed being the all time super fan and me being a fan. Uh, but a lot of this material is new to, so this is sort of exciting. I'm excited to hear your take on yeah. this. Yeah. Um, so first track for tonight, for today, what day, what time is it? Who's the yeah, I mean, It doesn't matter. Doesn't matter. Time doesn't matter. Oh. Is Dirty Mind. Dirty Mind. Listen. What's your take on Dirty Mind? Here we go. I'm gonna I'm gonna get into this. Yeah. Stop here we go. Pontificate. He's now. probably gonna get emotional. I but... get a little emotional about this because yeah. I, I I said to Jared before we started recording that just to give you some context in general, I don't listen to this album that much. I really don't. You said that I, already. Well, you need to move on. Did I say it already you in this recording? You said that. You said it. Did I say that? Oh, I'm sorry. I apologize. Um. Anyway. <laughs> that got weirdly serious. That got serious. I got nervous yeah, there for a yeah. second. No, I'm kidding. Go ahead. Here, here's here's what I say. Manifesto time. Oh, shit. This is, where, this is what's happening with He's this clapping. Album. I don't know if you can hear him clapping. Uh, He's clapping. I'm, this is not applauding the album. This is me because I'm just excited to talk about it. This is a guy with this first track right, yeah. out, right out the gate. He's starting to create an agenda for himself as how he operates in the world. Uh-huh. And, you know, what's he doing with this song? I mean, with the title of the album, Dirty Mind. He's doing what Prince gets masterful with with this album and others down other tracks down the road. He is playing with society's expectations, dirty mind typically meaning a negative connotation. Why do you have such a dirty mind, you know? Um, And he's flipping it on its head, right? Right. He's saying, you know, that's how you make me feel. I love that you make me feel that way. I want you to feel that way about me. Like, he's he's starting to draw out his world for us. Yeah. Um, And that's why in this album, especially compared to the last two we talked about, his lyrics here become so important Mm -hmm. because he really starts drawing and showing us his the world he's trying to create in terms of the song itself um you know it's it's a nice it's a great little little rocker like i like it um i love the key change at the end because it kind of raises the urgency Uh and i think when we talk about the general sound of the album he, he purposely wanted to make this sound like a demo um and forget about all the lush production he was trying to put pull together in the last couple albums. This, and that's what I love about this. This gives it an urgency. There's an immediacy to this approach uh-huh. that this guy needs to be heard. And I think right out the gate, it feels that way with Dirty Mind. Interesting. What did you think, Jared? Well, so 
a couple of things struck me right away, and, and I hope you don't slap me for this. The first thing I was struck by, honestly, yeah. is that opening bass line, that synth, that pulsing dun-dun-dun-dun. It's it it is strikingly reminiscent to me of Queen's Flash Gordon. Flash wow. that dun dun dun. Is this predated or is it after Flash Gordon? I'm not sure. Um I tried to sort of it's hard to say because you know, Prince was recording this record at a certain time and yeah. Flash Gordon came out in 80, 81, something yeah, like something that. Like that yeah. So I I doubt that he ripped it off. I mean, there's right. a lot of things that just sort of happened because they're in the ether at the sure. same time. Yeah. And I wouldn't say I mean, Prince and Queen, I've never really heard them in the same sentence together. But Not really, no. But the, sort of the propulsing forward motion of that bass yeah. line. I was like, wow, that sounds like Flash. Ah, yeah. To me a little bit. Um, so I just thought that was sort of striking. Um, I was taken by how low his voice is in the mix. Yeah. It's really low in the mix. And you sort of can't even hardly hear him in a way. Hmm. You know, I, I thought that was interesting. Um I'm curious about how you said the the production was intentionally sort of sounding a little rougher, right? A yeah, little, a little raw. Right. Mm-hmm. So I, the, what what my note was, the production feels thin to me. Oh, interesting. It feel it felt thin in a way that I didn't, hmm. I wasn't crazy about. Yeah, yeah. Okay. Um, mm-hmm. But I also feel the other note I wrote, it's clearly aimed for the dance floor. I mean, it, you're 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 going to groove to Dirty Mind. This yeah. is a track you're going to groove to. So um, I certainly enjoyed it. You know, um, but I, I did. I, I kind of wanted it to be a little more lush, interesting, a little more full. Yeah. Because one of the things I have about the album in general is that I love. He starts to play with space a lot more in this album. Like he's comfortable with just having a bass drum play for sure, several measures. Right. Um, where in his last, that previous two albums, he was trying to fill every all the space with different instrumentation and his vocals and all that, and. That's what I love about his music, especially as we're going to move forward, is that he's really comfortable in just allowing it to breathe. Mm-hmm. And I don't mm-hmm. know if it's... If I heard Prince talk about Miles Davis saying this, or Miles Davis directly saying this, about the most interesting thing about music is the sound in between the notes. Right, right, and, yes. And I think this is the first time you're really seeing Prince play with the idea of allowing a, a song to just breathe. Yeah. And just allow that space to build between the notes and the ideas. And I, I love it. I think it's great. Fair enough. Yep. So uh, let's talk about the next song. Next one, uh, song on, on the album is When You Were Mine. about this one when you were mine uh i mean it's an all-timer right obviously in my opinion it's an all-timer one of the things i was struck by uh i mean i don't know how many times i've heard when you were mine a zillion Mm. but listening to it this time really carefully and and i you know i was listening on my headphones which have really they have a nice quality sound Mm -hmm. i guess i never noticed how much that song is really dependent on that bass line Hmm. Interesting. Okay. Like the verse is almost entirely that baseline. Do 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 do. Yeah. Like it, yeah. that's carrying the song. Yeah. And, and it's great. I, yeah. I like. I'm all for it. Um. And uh. I, I just never noticed before huh. how much the verse is hanging on that baseline. Yeah. Um. And it feels like 
the, what I wrote down was it feels like new wave funk. Yeah. No, you know, very much so. Yeah. Um, I can't believe that this was not the single. Not only not <laughs> a single, but that the lead single off this record is like, it's shocking to me. It, it's yeah. like, it's how I felt about on the previous record, how I feel for you wasn't a single. Yeah, yeah, I just don't understand it. Now, uh, you might remember, those of us who are 80s heads uh, might remember that Cindy Lauper did a cover of When You Were Mine. That was on... There goes my question. Oh, question. shit. Did I ruin it? No, it's okay. I'll figure something else out. Oh, Don't man, worry. I ruined it. No, it's it. all good. It's all good. We can also edit. I got a million things. Um, well, not really. I got but I've more than two. But uh, anyway, Cindy Lauper did cover it. and and um, I've never heard her cover. Have you heard it? I've heard it. Is it good? It is. In your mind? Okay. Yeah, it's on She's So Unusual. And that's a great record. Is it? Is it... It, I'm assuming it doesn't have this kind of scratchy guitar sound to it. Does it, it, it doesn't. It sounds a little more. Is it synthy-ish? More synthy-ish? a little more synthy-ish. Cynthia, yeah. for Cynthia, 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 Cynthia Lapier, uh, Cindy Lapier. Yeah. Um, <laughs> but it's good. It's good. You know, it's yeah. good. I mean, she's a nice contemporary of him. And, uh, yeah, definitely. You know? um, yep. So I just, I just find it's a bizarre choice that they did not. I don't know, and I don't know. You know, talking about Warner Brothers for a second, I don't know who's choosing the singles. I don't know if it's Warner Brothers choosing them or if it's Prince choosing them. Um, It seems ridiculous to me that When You Remind is not a single. But here it was. It's not a single. And yet, I would make the argument, it's the most well-known song on this record, I would think. I I agree with you on that. I think it is the most well-known song of the the cuts on the album. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I'm with you. I mean, I think it's, it's obviously, it's a great, I love his guitar playing and the sound of the guitar totally it's kind of plucky really yeah. plucky fat sound yeah um for that's... all the songs and this is definitely a, a great example of it i mean again i'm going to talk about lyrics because i just think the lyrics in these songs yep. are, are so, such a step forward a leap yep. forward for him i mean the stuff that he's talking about like i don't think i i would sing along or hum along to this song for years and never realized that one of the lines was I never was the kind to make a fuss when he was there sleeping in between the two of us. <laughs> I didn't know it was that he was presenting this idea that he was sleeping in bed with another guy and this girl. Yeah, right. So, like, the stuff he snuck into this song, the things he was talking about with this song, mind-blowing to Totally. Me. Like, like, just yeah. amazing. And the wit, like, the wit and yes. the humor about it. He didn't have the decency to change the sheets. Like, right. Like, it's just, it's fun. Like, his humor starts to come right. out. Right, he's funny. He's, he's funny guy. He's funny. He's funny. He's a funny, funny guy. guy. Here is my observation of this song that I, I love to hear what your reaction is or just get your immediate reaction. Elvis Costello could have wrote this song if he was on ecstasy. Like if he I was think, on ecstasy. I think if he was, if this song has the tightness, efficiency of a Costello song around the same period. Yeah. Um, with the wits and the lyrics. I don't think he would have went into this some of this direction that Prince went. But right. In terms of the content. But, but yeah. the efficiency of it and just the, the structure of it, I could see... Costello doing it, I mean, he'd have to be feeling can, a little... I can hear Elvis Costello doing like, instead of his oh yeah, would be, oh yeah. Totally. Totally. I can hear yeah, Elvis sure. doing that. Yeah. That's a nice... I like that. Yeah. That works for me. That's good. Um, Anything else to say about no, When You Were Mine? No, I think it's... Yeah. Listen to it, folks. It's amazing. We look forward to your thoughts. Yes, for sure. Uh, all right. The third track on Dirty Mind is Do It All Night. about do it all night okay here's do you like to do it all night is that too personal for this yeah, podcast? i don't have the energy anymore yeah uh, i understand but listen that's a lot here's, of gift. here's the problem i i played the song i couldn't help but sing the song like this is like this is where i can't sometimes <laughs> push away or pull myself yeah. away you from, need to be objective I, it's hard you're in journalism I was now jamming you're to this. in journalism i was now. jamming to the song and this 
This song to me is the jam. Like the bass line in this song is so good. And it just, it just grooves. And the way he plays the lyric and the rhythm of the lyric on top of the bass line is magical. There's the second run line in the second verse where he, it just, it's a quick, like, uh, I forget what the, what the lyrics are, but, um, it just goes on and on for like, just like, and it builds and builds and there's like harmonies going on harmonies. I get goosebumps when I hear him do that second yeah. verse. Like, it's just so, so good. And the other thing I want to mention too about his vocals in this, generally in the album versus the previous albums we were just talking about in the last couple podcasts. I love here that, you know, he went from the lush, high-pitched harmonies uh-huh. that were lush and just gorgeous. Ed's gesticulating, so I know folks can't, but his I hands put, are I raised my hand high yeah, to, to where you might raise your hand to, to, right. to make that point. Raise them up. He goes really deep in register with the vocals, right? The layered yeah. vocals now are just more, they're, they're lo- as lower as the lower level. Of yeah, his, they find that range. lower range, yeah. And I love it because it's it sounds dangerous to uh-huh, me. Uh-huh. So it takes away this sort of sweetness, beauty to like again raw. It, it there's more energy to it. There's yeah. a little danger to it. Yeah. And um, I think it's fantastic. <laughs> okay. What about you, Jared? Um, I wasn't crazy about it. Oh my goodness. And I'll, I'll tell you why. Okay. I'll, I'll say why. Um, for me, at first, I the, one of the first things I noticed is that initially, at least, his voice is again low in the mix. Uh-huh. Um, I do really enjoy hearing those layering layering of harmonies, yeah. and I particularly, as I've said before, I love the mid range of his voice. Yeah, I yeah. love that sound of his mid range, and we hear that sort of really cleanly um, in the doubling of those harmonies. Um, but I, I have to say that for whatever reason, and I, I and I'm not sure if I can articulate it just yet. I'm still sort of thinking about it. The song doesn't fully hold my attention. Hmm. That as I'm listening to it, I start. I found myself sort of drifting away from it, um, huh. and I don't think it's bad. Like not by any stretch do I think yeah. it's a bad track. Mm-hmm. I just it just wasn't fully compelling to me. Hmm. Um, yeah, I don't know. It just didn't do it. I just wasn't there. Okay. Yeah. So. All right. Well, it's it's okay to be wrong. So that's the end of the episode. It's okay today. to be wrong. Uh, the next track, uh, "Got a Broken Heart" again. Again. Jared, what do you think about this one? Well, I the first thing I was it's surprisingly quick. It's a very yeah, I feel like it hasn't even gotten going and the song's over. That's sort of what I noticed. Like, mm-hmm. oh, we're here and now it's done. Mm-hmm. Um so I feel like it it's it it finishes before it even really gets going. Um there's something at the end that I really like. There's that <laughs> there's like this guitar like uh it's like a, a door slamming guitar riff. Yeah. That just sort of and it's so out of left field yeah. and and sort of not in character with the rest of the song. I love that. I love it. I loved that. I thought it was really cool and and sort of thought that was kind of the best thing in that song hmm. was that weird boom sort of thing yeah. that hits you. Yeah, yeah. Um otherwise, I just I was like, eh, okay, cuz I feel like it it gets cut off. Okay. It feels too short to me. Gotcha. Yeah. Um I really like this song. Uh, I I think it's an interesting change of tone, right, from the first three tracks. He's poured sex on yeah. For three tracks straight. Right. Um, Dirty Mind, Threesomes, I'll Sleep With You, I Don't Care If There's Another Guy There, whatever. Um, I'm going to do it all night. And now he has a broken heart. Right. 
But even in those other songs, I do want to say there's always a hint of vulnerability, I think, in, with Prince's songs. Even when he comes on hard with with the sexual content. That's very true. He's very yeah. vulnerable. Yeah, very he presents true. himself as vulnerable in, right. those, in, those, in that context. However, I just thought this was a nice change of tone and change of pace. Yeah. Because in my opinion, it was th- it was three three out of three out of the park right out the gate. Right. right with the first three songs. Um, no, I just like the vulnerability. I love the guitar. I, I also uh, wanted to talk to you about that noise because I have a, a, a memory of listening to this album way back in you know 1984 when I was you know all 15 years old. Right. And. Probably listened to it late at night because I didn't want my parents to hear me listening to this. Cause sure, because it was filthy. It was a, for, especially for the time, right? <laughs> um, I remember that sound scaring the shit out of me because I was not expecting yeah. it. Yeah, it's out of nowhere. So yeah. I'm hearing this really nice little like, oh god, I broke it, you know, real. Yeah. And then I'm listening to it at night, and then I'm thinking the song's over, and then that cut bam, yeah, and. I find it fascinating too, and I was yeah. I wanted to see what your take on what you thought that idea was behind it. Like the, this was the first time I listened to it and tried to really think what was he maybe trying to communicate with that, and is it the sound of like a jail door slamming? Like, have, have, has has his broken heart put him in a place? Like, yeah, I presumed it was the quote unquote, the door of his heart, okay. right? It was the door of his heart being shut or stomped I'll, on I'll or it. Something of that ilk. I'll take it. You know what I enjoy about that a lot is that it points to his, um, what 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 do I want to say? Like the sort of slightly more avant garde in him. Like this, the the that might be a little extreme, but you know what I'm saying. Like the experimentation that he has. Like he has all these sounds in his head. Yeah, yeah. And 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 his willingness to say, I'm going to throw this one in there. Yeah. Even though it doesn't really fit with what we've right. just heard before. And I like that. But you know what's funny too? You think about some of the reviews you did for the previous albums where he had a couple of slow songs where he put these interesting little like just yeah. noises in Yeah, it. yeah. Like so he, he, it's rare for him to let a, a kind of a slow song just sit with the melody. Correct. Like he throws a little effect yeah. or some type of right. sound effect in there, whatever. It's rare, at least at this point in his yeah. career, that a ballad is just a ballad. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, for sure. All right, next, track five, the lead single off of Dirty Mind, Uptown. I'm sure most of you know this one. Uptown. Ed, thoughts on Uptown? Do you like to go Uptown or do you go Downtown? I'm not sure what that means. I'm going to try to avoid that question. So let me talk about the song. Fair. Uh, All right. I might get emotional here. Oh, boy. All right. This... I'm so interested. This was the first. This was a single, and it was the first single. To me, this is the declaration. This is his anthem, right? This is Prince creating. This is where he creates a destination. He, he's he's painting a place for us to to go, his listeners to go, right? He's drawn out an, a world, and like I really, even from the first that that kind of urgent drumming in the beginning of the song, like you got to get there too. So like it's such a great place. You got to get there now. Come, come with me now to this place called Uptown. It's this amazing place, and I think I referenced this in one of the other reviews we did for the for one of the other albums. But like, again, it's so inclusive, right? That line about black, white, Puerto Rican, everybody just a freaking. Right. Um, I mean, it's not my favorite song on the album. I don't think. Um, I think it's, but I think in terms of the lyricism and what what he's saying in the song, like. It's hit, it's Prince for the first time really painting his world for us. Yeah. And presenting a really strong case that you you want to go there because yeah. it's gonna be a very funky, cool place to be. Yeah. I I I I'll take that. Um 
Here's the thing I think about Uptown. I think musically, musically speaking, I think it's fine. It's too, super yeah. danceable. You can really listen to it. But I do think that lyrically speaking, it's the best thing he's done up to this point by like a wide stretch. I think it, it, it is him really coming into his own as a lyricist in this song. Um, the references to his own androgyny, social mores of things, how people are supposed to look, how they're supposed to behave, etc. I was really taken by that and how it's sort of wrapped in this super danceable club kind of track. Um, I loved, my favorite line in the song is actually, I never talk to strangers, but this time it's all right. It's a great line. Yeah. It's great. So for me, this was um, the first time we see the full breath mm. of what his lyricism can be, will be, continues to be later on. Yeah. That, that that's why I found most striking about Uptown. And you can totally groove to it. I mean it's a great it's a groove. It's, it's, a, fun groove. Little groove. it's a it's a super great groove. But yeah. it's the lyrics of it that Absolutely. I think are important. Yeah. You know what I found interesting too is like, you know, after going through and then we're gonna get into some uh putting the freak flag up a little higher oh, and yeah. higher yeah, yeah, in the yeah. next couple of tracks. But talking about sex like the first couple of songs and all this he still chooses to say that he met this girl and she made love to him. Yeah, made love. <laughs> you yeah, know, for it's a very sexual, it's like, yeah. he, just, he made a point to say she made love to she me. She made love to Best me. Best night I ever had. <laughs> so, like, it's it's just interesting. I found that that, yeah. that lyric, that line hit me a little differently given really trying to listen to the content of the other song. So I just found that very interesting. And I don't know if, if uh, maybe we should research this, if someone has... Uh, we probably song, should have already researched it but that's okay we'll we'll pause here and we'll give give you an answer (laughs) but like this idea of someone openly talking about being gay in a song yeah right that she asks are you gay yeah right and and that's going to come up a couple more times in 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 some songs for him but like it's interesting i don't know like how often that was referenced in that way yeah i i think music i think not certainly not um in anything that was like more mainstream top 40 that wasn't sort of tongue-in-cheek like the village people or something yeah. right like it, it, it's certainly not with a message like this um right. i mean there certainly were references to androgyny before a lot of the glam stuff did it right. bowie did it and rebel rebel and like other songs that bowie did and t-rex and slade and those sorts of bands but um not a lot of american music right. but bowie was only dancing if i remember his tracks right he's only dancing <laughs> yeah i'm only dancing he's only dancing um, um yeah. Awesome. Yeah, Uptown. So I would say, I would encourage everyone who, and I'm sure most of you have heard Uptown before, yeah. but if you get a chance, listen to it and read the lyrics along with it. It'll sort of open you up a little bit more to what that song is. There's a lot going on there. Yeah, absolutely. That, that maybe we lose in the dance beat. Anyway. Uh, so next we have track number six. You should be introducing this one, right? Didn't I just do Uptown? Oh, maybe you did. I don't remember. I lost yeah. track. Uh, the next song is Head. Head. So, Jared. Yeah, do I like Head? Is that what you're about to ask me? Do you like the song Head? Oh, oh, sorry. It's already gone off the rails. Mm. Um... I have a lot of thoughts about it. I, first of all, I want to say I love the weird video game sounds sort of at the top of the song, right? Those certain oh, little, right. There's all those little like bleep, 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 yeah. like, like Mario Brothers kind mm-hmm. of things going on. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and in truth, I actually love how weird the sounds are in the track all around. There's all kinds of odd 
instrumentation and synth riffs and little things that pop up and it it, it does it it feels um a little silly and i think the song is a little silly mm. i think it's kind of a goofy song yeah. um which i sort of like uh i know it's the you know it's it's one of the first times that he was or maybe it is really the first time he was so blunt yeah. right in, in his sexuality and like here it is what's the song about it's about getting head right right um, but I think there's something sort of goofy about it. Uh, I think he's sort of, I think he's a his little tongue in cheek, little tongue in cheek. Um, so I was struck by that and I like that. Um, I also, if I'm correct and you can back me up if I'm wrong or correct me if I'm wrong. Uh, this is the first time we hear a guest vocal. Yeah. Right. And that's Lisa, Lisa, Coleman. Lisa Coleman of Wendy and Lisa who, yep. who become more prominent later. Yep. And it's nice to hear Lisa in there all whispery and sexy and whatever it is sure. she's doing. Um, so yeah, head. I like that. <laughs> it's sort of hard. It's hard, hard, hard not, not to say. It's hard it not to right. say it. Yeah. Yeah. What I, are your thoughts? No, I'm with you there. I mean, I, I found it interesting coming just coming from the song uh, Uptown because to me it's like here's my declaration, my manifesto about the world. And listen, if you don't, co- I'm going to invade. I'm going to go get these people who are doing this. What societal norms are? You know, he could have wrote the song about meeting some girl at a club. And just getting head. He this girl was going supposedly. It was her wedding day. It was her wedding so, day. So yeah. he goes right into the you know societal norms. I will right. pull you out of that. I'll, I will follow my vision, and I'm going to grab you and pull you out of these expectations. That's that's where I what I found from the lyrics. Right. Yeah. Um, I'm with you though. I think it's funky. Like if soft and wet had some stank thrown on top of yeah, it. Yeah, yeah. This is the song. Yeah, that's it. Yeah. It's slow. He slows the groove down. It's yeah. funkier. Lisa's great to hear Lisa, and that's yeah. this is I believe the first solo you hear from Doctor Fink. Oh record. yeah, that's right. Yeah, I mean, so. on this record, we should say, and we haven't talked up until this point. It's really only been yeah, Prince. It's only been Prince, yeah. But we have here on this record. We'll talk about this really quickly. There are other players on here, which are the beginnings of what become the Revolution. revolution yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. With Dr. Fink and Lisa. Yeah, yeah. They're all sort of starting to emerge, and they were all players in that Minneapolis scene that Prince was a part of. And 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 later on, we will get more into the band members and who played with them and stuff. And, um, Mm -hmm. so yeah. All right. Cool. Uh, number seven, track seven is sister. Ed, you have sisters. I do not have... I have a brother. You have two sisters. Three sisters, actually. Oh, it's three sisters. Excuse me. Um, Do you want to share any thoughts about that? This is tough, this song. (laughs) This is a tough one. I got to be honest with you. This has always been a tough song for me. Um, I've never really liked this song. I think because the content. Interesting. Oh, Um, interesting. You know, the, the, the off-key chords, like, I just never could. It would be a, a skip song for me when I was just listening to the album. However, I will say this. Dan Questlove. Damn you, Questlove. Questlove. Dan Questlove. Who was, we hope to be a guest. By the way, when podcast. I say damn, I mean that it's like, damn, Questlove. We're from Philly, Quest. We love you, you should Questlove. come on. Yeah, come on and be with us. He was on a panel after Prince passed uh, with other folks like Spike Lee and some other musicians. And I think Anthony Hamilton, there was other folks on there. He brought up that this is like one of his favorite Prince songs because he feels Prince does more. I think the song, you have that, it's 132. The song's a minute and a half long. That there's more things that happen in that minute and a half than that happens in an eight, 10 minute song from other artists. Yeah. So 
I had I went into this listening to it a di in a different uh, with different eyes. I guess is what I want to say. So um, I found it a lot more interesting trying to be more objective and not be so pulled in by the content or maybe being uh, pushed away by the content. Maybe let's put it that way. Um, I found it. It was a. a it's still not going to be a track. That I'm just going to go back to and play again and again. But I I, I appreciated what was done with the song, especially in that small 90-second sure. window that sure. that song plays. What did you think of it? Um, I think it's my favorite track on the record. Okay. Um, I mean, okay, so, yeah, the, the lyrical content. Yeah, I know. It's about incest and he loves sleeping with us. Okay, I get it. Um, but there's something about it. I, first of all, let me say this. I love the new wavy new romantic guitar riff he's using here. You know, it sound it sounds very of its time. Mm -hmm. There was a lot of bands that were sort of aping that sound or playing that sort of sound. Yeah. And that's a sound I happen to like. Mm -hmm. And I really enjoy him playing it. It sounds great. Um, but here, here's my other thought. I mean, okay, yeah, incest and what have you. The one thing we know for sure, no matter how old he was, is that Prince was no dummy. That there was nothing he did that was uncalculated. Sure. Right? And and to my mind, and I'd be curious to hear your take on this, with this song, he he was making a very, obviously, an intentional choice about creating a couple of songs that he knew could never be singles, right. but would certainly get lots of attention yeah, yeah. and would also help sell the record. Yeah. Right? I mean, his first two records weren't hits i mean they did fine but as we know they they didn't like blow up the world right yeah and so what can i do to get a little attention mm. and i i think that this was very very calculated on his part to do that and um i think that the point you made about what Questlove said i think that's right on the money there's a lot that happens in a really short amount of time and i found myself really enjoying it and i also think much like with head i think this is a little tongue-in-cheek Oh, yeah. uh, for sure. Yeah. Uh, tongue in your sister's cheek. And um, I thought it was a little funny. Mm. You know, I don't know if that's what he intended, but that, but looking at it now, I think it's a little funny. And um, I love the music of the track. I love the music of the track. Gotcha. So that's it's funny. I, as I was driving down to, today to do the podcast, I, I had the album on and I listened to it again, you know, and I thought to myself, I took it a little more uh, at face value, uh, the yeah. content, not like it's, oh, it's kind of tongue in cheek. And I thought... Again and again, he even in, with the incest thing, he brings in the vulnerability, right? Like totally. One of the lyrics is like, "Don't throw me out in the street again." Yes. You know all this. He stuff. doesn't want to be rejected by his sister. Exactly. Yeah. And Much like you, don't want to be rejected by your not, sister. Let's not intertwine. Oh, sorry. Let's. We're not going to get oh into my that. God, right. Please, That's uncomfortable. Please. All right. Well, I'll stop there. Uh, I, last track. Last track. That's you. Right? Is it me? No, it's you. Yeah. Whatever. Whatever. It's. Uh, I'll say one word. You say the other. It's party. Ah. Uh. Party up! You got to party up. You got you got you got to party uh, up. This is sort of a um, kind of a myth—not a mythic, but just like a big milestone song because this was a Morris Day track. I was good. Yes, the, and so, our first collaboration with Morris Day is it not? I believe so. Yeah. So famously, the story goes that Prince, Prince and Morris, who knew each other for years, I guess you know Morris played this track for Prince that he wrote, and Prince said, "I got it. I really want that track." So and, then, 
a real quick timeout for anybody who doesn't know. Oh, Morris Day, go ahead. Morris yeah. Day was the leader of a band called The Time yeah. that Prince had assembled. Prince assembled this band basically as a side project. We're going to talk about The Time later on in the records that they produced. Um, but uh, he and Morris were tight buddies for a long, long time. And Morris is, in fact, again, we'll talk about this, plays the villain, so to speak, yeah. in Purple Rain in the movie. Absolutely. Yeah, yeah. Anyway, so and, go ahead. And just to give you a little more about Morris. Yeah, Morris is a really good drummer. Great so, drummer. So, the, the, so when Prince said, hey, I want this song, Prince said, here, I'll give you an option. You can either be the drummer in my band, or I'll put together a band, and you can be the lead singer for the band. Right. And Prince, and yeah, Prince. Morris said, I want to lead the band. Yeah, of course he does. And then the rest is history, and we'll, I'm, at some point we'll talk about the Times uh, material. Uh, but this is a, I mean, just such a jam. This is such a Total wonderful jam. jam. It's a jam. Uh, it's a great way to end the the album. I love the chanting at the end. Uh, it's just, I love the groove. I love the bass. Everything about it is just fantastic. I feel I couldn't feel the same way anymore. Uh, it's really striking that Morris is on there because that funk drumming is really present in the track. Um, I've, I was sort of fascinated. I'm fascinated a lot with this record and with Controversy, which is the next one. The way he chooses to run tracks together, the mm. editing of the tracks. There's this this one and Sister sort of run together in an interesting way, uh, sonically. Um, I also think that this song to me speaks a lot to where Prince is going to go later, where where these and, and also Uptown is is symbolic of this, where we see these lyrics that really belie what the music is saying. Mm. Like they're running, like it seems like they should be antithetical to each other. Oh, the, that's a good right? point. The music yeah. is doing one thing and the lyrics are doing something else. Yeah. I mean, has there ever been? An anti-war protest song as funky and as danceable as as Party Up. I mean, I, I can't think of one. I mean, I guess you could say War by Edwin Starr, but that's yeah. that's very straightforward. I mean, the name of the song isn't Hey, let's not go to war. The name of the song is Party Up. Yeah, and I find that really striking that there. This is a protest song. I'd love to dig in. I wonder if we could find this out because I wonder if I'm just thinking of the lyrics again because this whole idea of like you said. The contents about war and all this awfulness, but we should just party. I mean, that's that's a consistent theme you're going to hear in Prince's music going forward. So I'm wondering if, like, Morris said, hey, I got this great instrumental track line. Yeah. And Prince said, give it to me. I'll throw the lyrics on top yeah. of it. It'll be my my sing, my, my record. Um, or on my record. So I'll be curious. I don't know if we can dig, dig and do that. We'll hit pause and figure that out. But uh, <laughs> we'll, we'll give Morris a call. Morris, if you're listening, please. We'd be happy to have you on it any, met Morris, anytime. I met Morris, as you know. Uh, and we're going to... I don't want to give too much of that away, but yeah, Morris is a cool cat. He, He's a cool cat. Not many cooler, that's for sure. Yeah, that's for sure. But a great way to end the, end the album. I, yeah. I love it. It's and a great jam. That, that coda at the end. Yeah. I love Prince and his codas. Right. I'm all about them. And the coda on this one is great. I love it. And I love just the quick finish, right? Yeah. It's it's a chant and it just ends. And I, and I, to me, it's like, again, it's just the energy drive of this, like you said, the sequencing of the tracks, especially that second side. If you go from Uptown to this track, yeah. you oh. said they kind of they all kind of thread together. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and it's just such an urgent upslope and it's just it's wonderfully put together. I, I love it. I do feel like the record is backloaded in that way. Mm. You know, the uptown to party up is like we're we're sort of flying along there and yeah, awesome. Awesome stuff. Cool. Um do we want to do I guess we go through the favorite track stuff. Our favorite right? track stuff. Um what's your favorite track? Uh don't you mutter at me. I'm sorry, click it my notes. I think it was a tie between Party Up and Do It All Night is what I actually picked. My favorite track is Sister. Yeah, you mentioned. Yeah. Because I don't have one. Maybe I'd feel differently if I had a sister. 
<laughs> like because you have you three and yeah i understand yeah, what's your least favorite track uh sister i think it is yeah, <laughs> sure. i'm sorry i'm Struggling here to get into my computer for my notes. Can you hear everyone? Can you hear him typing? I'm manically typing to get into my computer here. As as ill prepared as we are generally, guess what? This is a new level. This is going to lock me out if I keep. Uh, you don't know your own password. I know it. Do course. we need someone to hack in? It's for three you? sisters is my password. Well, that makes sense. Uh, the Chekhov, the play. Yeah, yeah, it's Chekhov. Yeah. Um, yeah, sister. I have sister's least favorite. Do it all night is my least favorite. That's a shame. Um, give it another try at some point, folks. Folks, you know, we always rely on your comments to, to tell us who's right about these things. Right, and we all uh, know that it's me. Most interesting track. I, I had head. Because of all the, not because of the content, because of all the weird sonic stuff that's yeah. in that track. There's a lot of weird sounds I find really interesting to listen to. Gotcha. And I put Sister as the most interesting track. Ah, there you go. Yeah, okay. so I'm with you there on that. And how about the one that shows the most future? For me, it's Party Up. Oh, okay. Interesting. I put Uptown. I, I just, yeah. just because of more of that... He, it's him again drawing out his world, um, you know. So to me, that that world that he's creating, yeah. he's gonna he's gonna lean into that world for totally. the remaining almost his whole design. I feel like um, Uptown and Party Up are sort of flip sides of the same coin in a way, you know. These the, the really intense lyrical content, yep, on top of really danceable tracks. That's my take on it. Cool. Um, you want to give an overall, just a quick overall take on the record on the whole? Yeah, I mean. Again, I just, I love the, what was striking to me going back and listening to it again was, again, it feels like, to me, it's like someone, it's like, that's a weird, weird metaphor here. But let's say the music industry or music at the time is someone up on a podium with a mic speaking to an audience, the the listeners out there in the world. This album is like Prince bum-rushing the stage, pushing someone out of the way and grabbing the mic. Kanye style. Kanye, Kanye, before Kanye knew it was Kanye. Right. Um, like this is there's such an urgency and energy like this guy besides just the craftsmanship with the songs the way he recorded it there's such an immediacy and just like you 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 need to hear this world I have something to say like there's something just that general sense of that album it really rang true to me on the re-listen like yeah yeah so what did you think about it Uh, similarly there's no question that for me uh it clearly with everyone who has re- ever listened to this record, it's a huge leap forward. Yeah. It's an enormous leap forward, um, kind of exponential from where we just were with, with the print self-titled record. Yeah. Um, I do think there are a couple of filler tracks. Like I do think do it all night and got a broken heart again, or kind of, I don't care about either of those. Um, and I, and I would say that on a technical level, I would like some of the production sound to be a little fuller. Mm-hmm. I'd like it to sound a little more full instead of that sort of thin mm-hmm. tone. However, having said that, um, lyrically, it is just leaps and bounds ahead of everything that he's done so far. I think it's really exciting in that way. Um, and, and it, it makes you listen to this record and you think, this dude, this is the real deal. Whatever's happening here, something, it's serious, right? Like something serious is going on. This is an artist to watch. This is an artist to pay attention to. That's my take. Let's let's put the money on the line, man. So, what? How many uh, out of five? What are we talking about for you? I gave three and a half. Ooh, I did. I, I re- literally wrote down five out of fucking five. Whoa! For this one, I don't think I'll, I'll use that uh, expletive in my other uh, ratings. But yeah, I just think this is a, this is it. Truly ranked. True. I knew there there was all this sort of critical rave about the yeah. album. Again, I never listened to the album that much, so I never was like I didn't quite get it. But going back and knowing, you know. Li- 
taking the journey with Prince for so many years. Sure. Going back and re-listening to it, I'm like, yeah, this is someone putting a flag on the mountain. Yeah, no, that's so, definitely true. So, that's definitely true. The only reason I'm going three and a half is because I, I don't, I'm not crazy about do it all night. And I'm not no, crazy about, fair. you know, those two tracks keep me from going higher. Um, but there's no denying the importance of this in his career. Yeah. What it signifies from going forward, you know, so forth and so on. So, um, let's do our quick little dig, if you will, a picture. Dig, if you will, the picture. Oh, yeah, let's talk about that. What do you think about the cover of this record? Might be his best cover, in my opinion. And honestly, I had a cassette of this back in the day, so I couldn't really see the detail. Yeah. It was just prints in black and white. Right. Something weird in the background. Right. Maybe look like spider webs. I didn't know what the yeah. hell it was. Yeah. It wasn't until I saw an, an, a, a vinyl, uh, an album of this, that I noticed it was Bed Springs. It yeah. It was like... I'm like, that's fucking genius. Yeah. Because it looks like a spider web. It's like Prince caught, like he's a spider, going to grab you in a spider web. He's but like Spider Man. He's like a Spider Man. He's like a Spider Man. And, and like, but I never, it took me a while. I didn't realize it was bed yeah. springs. It's, I think it's pretty genius. It, it is pretty genius. I, I think, you know, the cover is infamous in its own way. And yeah. so we have, for those of you who haven't seen it, we encourage you to look it up and we'll post a picture of it yeah. on, on our sure. Instagram. Um, it's Prince shirtless. He's in his black bikini underwear. He's got a jacket on, no shirt. He's and he's looking directly at the camera. And I feel similarly. It's a very bold statement. He's like daring us to look at him and and to not look away because he's not. He's not looking away. No, he's not. He's confronting us with something. Right. And, and um, uh, maybe confront is too strong a word. Like challenging us to to be here in the space with him. Uh, and uh, it, it it's great. It's a great, great album cover. It's a great album cover. I don't know that it's... I think it's his best, but it's one of them. Definitely. For sure. And it really just... Again, it, it plays with the whole idea of this guy who's making a big statement and pulling at you, wanting... That image is saying, come pull into my world. It's yeah. a little dangerous, yeah. but it's interesting, right? Don't you think? Come yeah. and check it out. So yeah. I, I love it. I love it as in terms of an album cover. Yeah, it's a great cool. album cover and... and uh, yeah. It's great. It's great. So let's do the question for you. Yeah. Question of you. Do, 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 do. All right. So Jared stepped on one of my questions. No big deal. I ruined it. But... No big deal. Cindy Lauper's awesome. Um, so Uptown, you know, we talked a bit about the song, The Place, The Destination. So this is going to be really in the weeds for some, this is really going to some Prince fanatics. Prince had a, an, a concert film in 1987 called Sign of the Times. Uh, I've heard of it. He introduces a track by telling folks, hello, Uptown, welcome. So I want, if whoever can tell us what track was he introducing on that concert film when he drop, name drops Uptown, you'll win our deepest, deepest appreciation. Yeah, you, yeah. Hit us up on our social media, <laughs> on our Instagram, uh, which is at Doves Podcast, which is also our Twitter, at Doves Podcast, yep. and our Facebook, which is... When whoever gets uh, the right answer, we'll pick somebody at random, and and you'll get a, a little prize. You'll get a little shout out. Definitely get a shout out. I uh, definitely get a shout yeah. out in the future. And uh, when we get our swag up and running, you'll maybe get yourself a little sticker, a little something. Yeah, a little something, a little something fun. A little something. Uh, excellent. Uh, this is exciting, and I think um, I, I think the thing to remember, and Ed, correct me if you think this is wrong, but like this is this is where Prince proper begins. I would, right? I would agree with that. Yeah, and I would say um, if someone was like curious, Prince Curious, um, <laughs> I would say go back and give this album a listen. That should um, probably have his own stripe on that flag, Prince Curious. 
Absolutely. I right? would think. So, no, I mean, it's, it's definitely an album you want to give a listen to because, yeah, like we said, the lyrics here are just off. The, and just trying to think about this was released in 1980. 1980. You know what? Let me just say this, too, as, as by way of a companion piece. Uh, there was a lot that I read that suggested that this album was Prince's response to New Wave, punk rock. Yeah. Okay. You know, all that kind of stuff. Mm-hmm. It's and, and as you know, Ed, I'm a giant Rolling Stones fan. Yeah. It's interesting to listen to Dirty Mind also in the context of the Rolling Stones' Some Girls, which was only two years prior, mm. which is also the Stones' response to all these very same things. Now, I'm not saying those records are in any way similar. They're not. But hearing how they are responses to other things in the musical culture at the time, yeah. it's just sort of an interesting little experiment to, to think about, especially since we know that Prince... Opened for the Stones. Yeah, that's it. That's it was it. on this tour, I believe, wasn't it? It's on the controversy. It's tour, on the controversy tour. Well, well, it had to be. It was. It's, it's around the same era because it would have probably been this uh, Tattoo You tour. I would imagine it would have been the Tattoo yeah. You tour, and of for, course for the Stones. For, for the, the Stones, Stones. and yep. and he got booed off the stage, which is a huge. And folks, and this is hey, hey, Estate, we're helping you out here. If you have a chance, the estate released that extended uh, deluxe edition of 1999. They they've been doing a great job of doing their own pod- podcasts to talk about. The material like leading up to the album. If you haven't listened to it, go listen to their 1999 segment because I didn't know. Even though I'm a super fan, I didn't realize how pivotal. I mean, I was aware of the the situation where Prince gets booed off the stage, but how it impacted him and how it drove him to record 1999. Yeah. So it's it's a great listen. Uh, estate, you can you know whatever get, sponsor us whatever. <laughs> but, but it's a great <laughs> it's a great listen. But anyway, yeah. Um, no. I, I, I'm with you. Like his his way to absorb funk or punk. I'm sorry, and make it this kind of his own yeah. little mix pre, Prince mix of that. Um, it's amazing. And then we're gonna start moving to where he's creating the sound of the '80s. Now he's he's absorbing the sound of of the right. times. Right. Now we can start creating the sound of the times. Right. Um, as we move forward, in the next couple of albums. Right. That's correct. Well, excellent. Well, I think we'll end there for today, friends. Thank you so much for joining us on One Dove's podcast, or as we like to call it. Two white guys talking about Prince. <laughs> Jared likes to talk about I like to say that because I, I think it's funny. Yeah. Uh, but we'll be back uh, soon. Uh, next episode, we will be talking about album number four, Controversy. Yeah. And we'll have lots of oh, yeah. takes on that. Uh, please reach out to us and let us know if you like what we're doing or maybe if you hate it. We'll, we'll yeah, be glad to hear that too. We'll take or suggestions. suggestions. We'll take yeah. suggestions. Yeah. Um, so everyone stay safe. Be healthy. Get your vaccine shots when you get your chance. <laughs> I'm fully vaccinated. I'm fully vaccinated. And I feel great about it. That's I'm, I'm. Thanks. I don't know when this will be released. Hopefully, the pandemic might be over by then. Who we'll, knows? We, we, we who knows? Who who can say? Anyway, but anyway, we'll talk to you soon. Thanks for joining us on When Doves Podcast. Bye.